I mean, like men just don't talk. Like in, in, in Latino culture, like you don't you don't talk. Like you're just not supposed to talk about things. Welcome everybody to Share Your Story. We are back again with another uh, story to tell. Uh, we're taking a, we're taking a venture outside of Indiana, which is not very common for us. It seems you know we're starting to work our way outside, and it's great. It's, I'm excited for that. Um, so hopefully you find something to connect with in this episode. My name, as always, is Brandon Kennard, and with me again, as always, is my co-host Haley Haskins. Haley, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be back. Happy to be doing another recording. Uh, yeah, you you missed out for a little bit. We're ha- glad to have you back. I think this is like what your second one back. Yep, second episode being back, which is it's nice. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be doing this again. Awesome. Joining us for this episode is Hector Caballosa. Welcome. Yeah, he's, he's laughing at me because I'm I'm butchering the pronunciation of his last name. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, it's a Monday, so I, I work my nine through five wage slave life and. Now I'm here with uh, with my pals and I'm ready to talk about, you know, life, I guess. All right. We can't wait to get into it. Before we hear Hector's story, we greatly appreciate if you gave us a follow and left us a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, it's free. Helps us out. You can also follow us on Twitter at Share Your Story Pod. That's yours, but with a U R, or you can show us an email if you would like to be on the show or if you have any questions. And that is at sharyourstorypod at gmail.com. That's yours, spelled Y-O-U-R. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, I'm going to ask you the first question that we ask every single person that comes on here, and that is, who is Hector? Uh, so I'm 21. I live in Florida. You know, so Florida men, uh, <laughs> born and raised, and all that entails. But um yeah, no, I, I work at a software startup and um, I do like aviation software and I've um, I recently moved up to the northern panhandle of Florida and I've just been kind of vibing and uh, making my own path and stuff. It's been a interesting time to get here, but I finally feel like I'm at a good place and everything is going really well for me. So just been enjoying life. That's awesome. Um, so I've known you for a little bit. Uh, throughout that time, we've uh, you know we've we've gotten fairly close through conversation and whatnot, and I know you've you've gone through some struggles over the years. So the whole point of this podcast is to talk to people about their mental health struggles and journeys and how they've you know kind of tackled those uh, different problems they've ran into, how they've overcome them, um, and and to just kind of give a a perspective to other people who may be going through something similar. So. Um, For sure. Is there anything that you would like to start off talking about, knowing you know the the basic premise of the show? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess like in my culture, or um, more specifically, like in Hispanic culture or society, it's very frowned upon for like men to display emotion or to show weakness through. Um, like anything other than, you know, just presenting like a hyper-masculine image. So, um, I mean, like that's like a common thread throughout the community, but I personally had to deal with like a character, like almost like a caricature of that because um, my dad was just super, super out there. Like he, 
he really struggled with his own mental health issues. And, um, you know, I'm not really sure what it is because he kind of never sought treatment for it, but he was just really kind of crazy. So growing up with, uh, you know, like basically not having a dad, he wasn't around and stuff. It definitely took a toll on me. And, um, not even just like kind of the lack of just having a dad, but, uh, kind of this pushing of these values that are impossible to live up to, or like, you know, quite frankly, have no place in like a modern society. It's just very like, um, ugly kind of stuff. So it's, it's definitely something that I feel like gets overlooked, like, uh, overlooked often and, uh, people don't really talk about it. So I, I figured it might as well be something that's good talking about it. All right. So you say you, your dad wasn't very around or whatnot. Um, was he in your life at all growing up or was this a not occurring thing? So like my dad was like around when I was growing up, but the thing is he always like took like business trips and stuff, but, um, he would just be gone for like four or five weeks at a time. And, um, he was like a truck driver as well. So he would be gone for like extended periods of time. But, um, like when I was born, uh, my parents had a pretty successful company. They had a import export business. And then, um, my dad kind of like mismanaged that into ground, got sued, declared bankruptcy and we moved to Miami and, uh, we lost a lot of stuff. Like, so we, we basically had to start over. We're super broke. We, we were living down here and that's when he took the job as a truck driver and he'd be gone for like months at a time and so or weeks but i don't know like whenever he would he wasn't here he was always like kind of like landmine about it go off like i mean it was all kinds of stuff like you know if your voice sounded effeminate or maybe you sat in the wrong chair or you're wearing the wrong clothes or you smiled too much or like uh you know or you didn't make eye contact so you know anything could trigger him and you'd go on these rants and stuff. So that just really sucked. And um, I mean, it wasn't like he was like super physical, but he did get physical a few times. So it was just like very unfortunate to have to deal with that. And um, it definitely like carried over for me, like into school, like having kind of like a chip on my shoulder, not knowing how to like interact or talk to people or make friends you know, like you not being able to relate to other people because I couldn't have anybody over my house. I couldn't invite somebody, a friend over because I didn't know when my dad was going to like throw a fucking TV at him or something. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't make you really popular. So it was just uh, a lot of stuff like that, that just kind of drug me down. And then um, obviously as I got older, you know, you like, you can only like take that for so much. And I feel like maybe it's particularly men, like when you have puberty, like getting dominated like that is just not something that like while you're going through puberty, I explained it, it, it becomes kind of like this like supremacy thing. Like you don't want to get treated that way. And so like, it just kept getting worse because I was trying to stick up for myself. And so it eventually just culminated in him just like kicking my family out, like lock changing all the locks, throwing my stuff out and just like, it were basically homeless. So that, that was like one day to the next. And, um, yeah, that, that just kind of sucks. So having to go like live through that and and just kind of like have to uh, manage the situation or adapt to it, it definitely like hardens you. But at the same time, like it's you feel like uh, you don't really have anybody to guide you or give you the right input. You don't have anybody to turn to to ask for advice, um, you know. So I told myself I had to do everything by the book and, and figure things out for my own because I didn't want to make the same mistakes these people had done around me. And so it, it was just very difficult. And um, 
I feel like a lot of times, like men are in similar situations, but aren't like they don't say anything, and um, they just kind of like accept it because it's frowned upon to say that maybe you know, oh, like people do need help, like you know, um, role models do matter, like having the way you treat your kid is definitely going to affect how they see the world and how who talk, how they talk to them. So it's just a lot of things like that, that at the moment, like all I could think about was just how angry I was and how unfair everything felt that, you know, why do some people have perfect parents? Why do some people have like all the money in the world? Like, like, why do I have to worry about these things? Like, and, you know, I didn't come until later when I was able to, like pay for treatment and therapy and talk to be to to somebody to understand that you know you may be a byproduct of your circumstances and kind of what's going on but you definitely have the power to take a step and be like i don't have to do the same thing this person is doing just because it's all i've ever known or how they expect me to be or what they want me to be i can be my own person i can do my own things and for me definitely it was just um working on myself and being able to make my own achievements and realize that, hey, you know, just because they say you're stupid or, or something doesn't mean it's not, it's true, you know. So I know you mentioned that you grew up with a lot of pressure in your life. And it sounds like especially your dad put a lot of pressure on you to become a certain type of person. And you kind of touched on this already, but I was wondering if you could walk us through a little bit more and how that affected your development growing up as a child, kind of how you saw yourself or kind of just how that affected your mental health in general, especially as a kid growing up in that environment? It was just like, it was like fucked up stuff. Like, I don't know, like my dad is like super homophobic, like makes very crude comments about women, like regardless of age, like just like, it's just like all over the place. So, I mean, obviously like you're like you know you're being told that this is like what's normal and like it, it's it's not normal it, it's it's definitely not so I mean it fucks you up because you don't really understand uh you definitely have to like I mean I I um my escape was always reading so I would always read and uh thankfully that gave me a very balanced perspective because I'm sure if I had like gone to the internet I might might have turned out completely different but uh you know reading gave me a different perspective and let me um make my own opinions and thoughts and realize that maybe what I was being told isn't the reality or what's being like I'm getting like brainwashed with so that was that was basically it like just being able to make my own decisions um being able to read and just research and what was the age that you kind of started branching off of like that like everything that you were being told and taught growing up, when did you kind of realize that like that's not normal and you just kind of started to think on your own for yourself? Um, so like, I guess like third grade, I started like reading, I read like Diary of Anne Frank and that made me just think about like a lot of things because um, it's not like they were specifically Holocaust deniers. They just said like a lot of stuff, which like really out there so I, I read diary of Anne frank and i was just like man like that like that's some fucked up shit like uh <laughs> like I, I don't know like this seems pretty real so um i think from then on i was just kind of just reading more and figuring stuff out and uh definitely getting over like my fear of talking to other people and being like you know making finally being able to make friends and be like this you know this is your 
dad do this and you know your friend's like dude no what the fuck like you know like that's not okay you're like oh well you know I, that's just what he's always been doing like, i had no idea so uh stuff like that so i'd say like third grade fifth grade around then and do you would you say it was like books as well or something else that also helped you to overcome your fear of talking to other people and opening up socially i didn't like really i guess like flourish and more until like high school i mean i was still awkward in middle school and stuff but um it wasn't so much books it was more like um i think like sports when i started doing a lot of sports and um doing like group activities and sports and stuff i i definitely um started making a lot more friends for sure your dad kicked you out of the house uh and your mom too correct yeah and my brother and sister and your brother and sister when, when was this? Was this in, this was in high school, correct? Yep, I had just. Well, I was like my sophomore year, just my sophomore year. So, what what happened from there? Um, you said you guys were homeless for a time. Yes. So, um, so this actually like proceeds. So, uh, like my freshman year of high school, I had a TBI and I cracked my skull open, and. Um, I was like really bad. Like I had to go to neurotherapy for a bunch of months. It was close to a year in neurotherapy before they cleared me. I had a really bad contusion. I got airlifted and everything. But after that, I was like fried, like emotionally and like mentally, I was just absolutely fried. And so that just made it like 20 times worse than my dad, which is kind of what led to us getting kicked out. But I mean, I was just like in extreme distress. Um, but uh so after that, like there was like three, three months where I like kind of couch surf with my friends. Well, um, like my sister and my mom stayed with a cousin of ours that had space for them. And my brother stayed with his friends as well. And then we got like my aunt's townhouse that was being renovated and uh, we stayed there. But that was like undergoing renovation. So it wasn't really like we couldn't I mean we couldn't stay there. We're like we were only there for a month. And uh after that, my brother and sister had been able to put together enough money for us to get a townhouse. And uh, I was able to finish high school in the townhouse. And um, from then on, we, we kind of all like went our separate ways. Like my sister um, went to rent an apartment and my brother uh, was staying with me and my mom. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I like, left off uh, around that time period. Wow. I mean, that's a lot to go through, um, especially at that age with so much just changing. I mean, that's that's a lot to go through for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So like, how did you how did you get through that? I mean, how did you manage to just to keep going? I mean, that's especially being kind of separated from some of your family members. You guys were all kind of dispersed. And I mean, that's uh, a really traumatic event. Uh, I mean, like for me, I definitely like that was from my rock bottom. Um, for me, like it was mostly like a lot of spite. I, you know, I kept telling myself that um, that I was just gonna, you know, like I was gonna figure something out. Like, you know, it was down bad, but other people are are also down bad, and like they don't give up. So I figured, you know, I, I'm just gonna write. I'm not saying that I was gonna like happy about it or like even like good about it. Like every day. I, I woke up, was terrible. I, I probably went to maybe 33% of my school year. I got my diploma held for uh, 
the classes like I didn't attend. It was just like a matter of toughing it out. I figured that as if I could just get through high school, I would be able to immediately launch a career. Like I was just trying to get straight into the job force as quick as possible or the military, either one, whatever would provided a career option to try and make like my own life. That's just what I focused on. Being like a, someone who's couch surfing between friends' houses and whatnot, um, I mean, I'm sure in high school you're like, yeah, I get to you know, stay with my friends, whatever. Uh, but you know, not having that family structure, can it can be difficult because, I mean, still in high school, your brain's going through a lot of changes. I mean, it's, how do you feel that time has affected you up till now and into the future? So, I mean, I, I think, like, ironically, I'm kind of grateful it happened because I feel like I, I'm definitely, like, hardened to the point where, like, it, it takes, like, a lot more to shake me. Like, I, even now, like, look back at it and I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Like, you definitely could have just toughed it out. It, it, it definitely made me my change my perspective on what I considered, like, serious struggle to be with, especially since, like, every time I moved, I moved into a shittier area. So by the time, like, like at the house and the renovations, like I was actually just like in the middle of the hood. So it definitely like it made me realize there's like just different things going on for sure. At the moment, it sucked though. Like when I was there, I was like, this is like the absolute worst thing I've ever gone through. And I, I think it was the worst thing I've gone through. But in retrospect, I feel like a lot worse things could happen now and I would be okay because of, of that. And I'm grateful for that, I guess. So it kind of gave you a, like a, it could be worse kind of mentality, almost looking at the situation. Yeah, for sure. Like when I went into the workforce, I had like a, my first job was like extremely shitty, but like, I always thought like, like I always told myself it, it could be a lot worse, you know, like my neighbor stole the plywood off my windows before the hurricane. Like, at least I'm not there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Okay. Your neighbor stole your plywood off of your windows. Yeah, man, it was a fucking struggle out there, bro. I looked it up, and, like, it was, like, the medium household income. Like, all households, everybody in the household combined was, like, $9,900 a year or some shit like that. Like, close to 10 k And this is where, this is when you're couch surfing? No, this is the place that I immediately moved to after couch surfing. Oh, okay. Was, was yeah, this by yourself before- or was this family? No, this was my aunt's house that was, like, being, like, renovated, yeah. like, the villa. Okay. And then after we moved to the townhouse, which was pretty nice, but it was all yeah. the way on the other side of uh, Miami. Gotcha. That's when question. we met. When uh, that was, I was probably, like, 16 or, or 17. And I was playing on the fucking, uh, remember the fucking uh, hotspot internet on my phone because yep. there was no Wi-Fi. Yeah. It yep. had no internet I remember that. there. I remember that. I didn't know that's why you're playing on hotspot, but yeah, I remember that. That's just a lot to go through in the span of like a few years. So like you had your dad who was a terrible person and then all of a sudden he uproots all of your lives and you have to have all this instability and like hop through houses. And I mean, I know you said that you developed a just like getting through it and it could be worse perspective. Um, Was there anything else that, kind of got you through it or like how were you able to cope with it after the fact because i know you said you went into the workforce um you had like crappy a crappy job to start 
was yeah, for sure. that kind of like pulled you through, like kept you going? So uh, when I was like going through it, it's funny that we actually bring it up because like my online friends or people like that, I would like, uh, I, I, I would do like my hobbies, which was like a little amateur, like league team and stuff. And, and that would always like, that was always a thing that I would look forward to. And um, that was something that was like good, like having hobbies like that on in the internet and uh, like meeting friends. And then definitely uh, after like my job and stuff started going really well, I went and I saw therapy for a couple sessions. Like I did like six months of counseling and uh, that helped me get a lot better perspective and like be more at peace because a lot of it was anger and like being upset about the situation, but definitely accepting that, um, this thing for me was understanding that like, no matter what, my dad probably didn't do these things because he wanted to, like, he's, he's just sick in the head and, uh, that there's nothing I can do about it. So just learning to have coping mechanisms, like minimizing the impact that they can have on you or reminding yourself that what they're saying isn't true or minimizing like topics that you know are going to trigger them. I mean, I don't really talk to my dad. I have little to no contact, but the little contact that I do have on occasion, it's like not as bad because I just make zero effort at trying to have a conversation. I just agree with whatever he says. And, you know, that's just what you got to do with them. Like there's nothing you can do. Right. And and I know you mentioned that, um, like growing up, you had a lot of toxic masculinity, especially in conversations about mental health. So I'm curious, what brought you to therapy? Did you have any struggles with starting it out? Or did you just kind of realize like, this is what I need? So um, I was just kind of like going through like a really tough patch because um, my, uh, I mean, I'm really young, I'm 21, but my, my career definitely took off very, very quickly and it was a lot of pressure. And on top of that, I had um, a pretty bad relationship and breakup, which caused me to take a moment and pause and realize that I really needed to do a bit of work on myself before I kept doubling down on on um, just kind of like grinding at work because uh, there was just a lot of like pent up issues or stuff that I wanted to unpack. And so, I mean, I went through that and it was a good process. I enjoyed it. But it's definitely not something that made me realize that I just needed to understand those strategies and, and how to handle situations and not like a consistent thing for me. But it may be different for other people. They may like they may benefit from repeat sessions. You say you still talk. You've talked to your dad a few times. Like a little bit, but not really. Has has the has the situation come up any like in the little bit you've talked to him or is it just kind of ignored? Oh yeah, for sure. So like, uh, so one time, um, this was like, I guess like in 2020, like, uh, yeah. I was working and then like my, like my dad texted me. I hadn't talked to him in probably like eight months. And, um, this was probably like, this was very early into my therapy. So my therapist, uh, I went to go talk to her and she, and she was like, oh, you know, like maybe it's okay. You know, it's part of coming to terms with it and you can try to just talk to him and do all the stuff we talked about, like, you know, don't engage and like, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to 
try that. I guess I'll, you know, sounds good. So um, I saw somebody else who I really trust opinion on it, and they said, you know what, go go for it, try it. I was like, okay, you know, it could, how how bad could it go? So I, I hit him up, and I was like, oh, let's go have lunch or something, and maybe we can talk. And uh, uh, I had. Uh, I had just gotten a tattoo. I have a tattoo here on my arm. So uh, that's a big no-no. I mean, I, I, I didn't think anything of it at the, at the time. Like, it, it didn't even really cross my mind. But I guess to, like, my dad, I'm not saying all Hispanic people. Some Hispanic people are cool with tattoos for sure. But some old, like, hardline Hispanic people aren't okay with tattoos. Because it's, like, only prisoners and convicts, whatever. So um, I showed up to the lunch, and I was walking towards him, and he saw my tattoo. And he just got up and he was screaming. He's like, oh, my God, you've been branded with the mark of, like, your pimp and you're prostituting yourself and, like, all these other, like, he was just going off on a tangent. And I was like, oh, my God. And he started, like, punching the table and I, I just left. Like, I just left and called an Uber. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that was. But so yeah, that, that was, like, uh, in 2020. So uh, since then, he's, like, shoot me, like, two text messages. I'm like, oh, I'm doing fine. And then um, I bought a house recently and uh, I, he found out somehow and like, he just keeps hitting my line, but I, I don't really like talk to him. It's like, it's like, oh, I want a business. Like, oh, dude, I don't even want you to know my address, but not that I say that, I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe some other day. Yeah. Um, so you've actually, you brought this up a couple of times about um, uh, Hispanic culture and, uh, how i mean you brought it up mostly in the case of your your father um you know growing up hispanic in florida um is completely different than growing up hispanic here in indiana uh what have been some of the cultural differences and and or and or issues that you've you've run into growing up hispanic here i mean for sure like his Hispanic men, for like some reason, always tell their sons to like throw down no matter what. Like, and it's like sometimes it's like not like that's just not that's just not a good idea. And that's also like why you get a bunch of kids in like elementary school getting in tons of trouble because like somebody pushes them and they deck them in the face. That happens all the time here, all the time. So it's just it's just like that is super stupid. And then it, it's just like I mean, there's just like a lot of like machismo, which is just like like male. Like women just get treated poorly. Like I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's definitely not like super super prevalent in I would say my generation, unless you're like very very Hispanic, because there's a huge difference between you being Hispanic, first generation immigrant, your parents just came over here, versus Hispanic, like third generation immigrant, where like you might not even speak Spanish, which is like for sure a thing. But not in Miami. Everybody speaks Spanish in Miami. Sure. So you're second generation, right? My parents came off the boat and had me. So uh, they they didn't they didn't live in the U.S. before. Okay, so you're kind of in that middle ground that you just described. Do you what kind of um you know being I I guess you'd be considered Gen Z, right? So like you talked about how this generation doesn't carry on as many of those. I don't want to call them customs, but um, what would you call that? What you uh, talking stereotypes. About? Stereotypes, yeah. That that previous generations carried with them. Um, what kinds of what kinds of uh, you know, stereotypes, if that's the word we're gonna go with, do you often see 
you know, younger Hispanic men and yourself carrying with you still? Um, I mean, like, I, I would say I'm pretty far removed from, from all of that. I guess the, the only thing would be like, I mean, I can't think of anything that carries over personally, at least for myself. Really? Yeah, so, for sure. Does your family take issue with that? Not really. Like my mom is super cool and accepting, but, uh, I mean, I, I, the thing is I don't talk to the, my entire father's side of the family. So, <laughs> Uh, for the most part, it's just it's just my my immediate family unit, which is me, my brother, my mom, mm-hmm. my sister. Um, but like, it's okay. We're we're a pretty non traditional family now. Like, we we definitely don't do a lot of uh, our um, cultural, like I guess, traditions. Or, but we still like eat our food, talk our language, and do all that stuff. But a lot of the traditional, like religious aspects, which is like heavy, heavy push in our country, like we definitely don't do that. That's what I'm saying. So you're either like us where like you don't do that or you're like the far extreme. Like there's no there's no real like in between. Interesting. And a lot of like a lot of people from Miami, what happens is like they just like don't believe because Miami is a city where like you can be Hispanic and you'll never think somebody's racist. Like you don't think racism is a thing because you live in Miami. So everybody's Hispanic. But then you go to other places and you're like, oh shit! Like, uh, we're actually like just a minority, but they they just let it get to their heads uh, in Miami. So, I mean, I've had tons and tons of people that like go out of state for college, and then like in three years, they're like the most liberal person I've ever met, or like two, or like not even like a year in, or, or not even that far. Like, they go upstate Florida, where we're and like it's like whoa, like a complete three sixty. But that's just because yeah. it's such a it's such a concentration down there in South Florida. It's a very much a bubble. So have you know, growing growing up in Miami, you just talked about being Hispanic is is pretty much part of the majority. Um, have you experienced any sort of racism against Hispanics in your life? Oh yeah, like in Georgia, uh, a few times, and like I've traveled all over the US. I've been to all the states, and I've maybe like a handful of times, like two or three times I can say other than in Georgia when I went and I lived there for a while. So it was just like a higher incidence rate because of, you know, time spent, not, not, I think the general population, but I mean, I've seen it, but it wasn't like anything too crazy. Like, yeah, I'll just speak a few times, but I think systemic racism is a real thing. I just think people are like way past the like screaming something casual, you, uh, like casually racist that you like that just doesn't like really happen anymore. I, don't, I mean, it does happen, but I'm just saying like it's it's probably not going to happen to you. Gotcha. Hey, I've been all over. So I'm curious. I know you mentioned I think at the start that, um, like in Hispanic culture, it's you know, like machismo and like toxic masculinity. And I'm, I'm just curious if having that background or um, growing up in that culture affected your m- mental health at all personally, or like your understanding of mental health. Um, yeah, for sure. Like it's like heavily stigmatized, like a lot. Like if you, people like that are antidepressants and people just like stop talking to them. Like they're like, yo, this guy is like, he's really off his rocker if he's on pills so just things like that it's just like really stupid or i think if you go to the shrink like automatically like your life is over like it's it's uh a a mark that you have to carry the whole rest of your life like uh 
and they, 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 they understand no concept of like your medical records being private. So they think the moment you take one prescription once it's like you're banned from everything. It's a lot of like miseducation and, um, people think that like, there's no such thing as therapy. Like they're just trying to get you to take medicine and stuff. And, um, I mean, like men just don't talk like in, in, in Latino culture, like you don't, you don't talk to, like, you're just not supposed to talk about things. Like you go, you work, you come home, you eat and like you smile and you don't say anything. And then that's it. Like, <laughs> that's all you need to do. So it's just, it's just very like against the core of that, I think. Have you, have you witnessed anything personally from, uh, you know, a friends or, or family or whatnot of someone kind of being ousted from the community due to, uh, you know, trying to take care of their, themselves? I mean, it's not like, so the thing is like, definitely, I think this generation is the biggest departure from this that like ever, like I, 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 I that just doesn't happen. But there's stuff I definitely seen instances of like where like my cousins have sought mental health and then the entire family is just shitting on them because like somebody said they were in therapy or something, you know, or like yeah. snide comments where like somebody mentions it and people just talk shit about the situation or them seeking the help or even like the person for like thinking they need it. So I'm curious, uh, like, what are your thoughts on the stigma then? Because especially growing up, I mean, in our society in general, mental health is very much stigmatized. Um, and you know, people who seek help for their mental health challenges are usually like looked down upon. Um, but it sounds like even more so in Hispanic cultures, um, uh, like in Hispanic culture, mental health issues don't exist. Like you don't talk about it. It doesn't happen. Like if people are telling you to seek therapy, you're getting extremely offended. You're getting up in their face about it. Like how dare they? So it's, it's definitely like a hot topic. Wow. So like. I'm very curious then because you said, um, you know, you mentioned how you went to therapy and you kind of got to that point where you just realized that you needed it. Did the stigma have any effect on you at all? How, how are you able to overcome um, kind of like that notion that you would be like with the stigma that you would be seen as less than for seeking help for yourself? Oh, I just didn't talk about it. So like I didn't tell anybody like that I went to like go get help except like my sister and then um also like it's not like i mean i was in the same boat like i definitely rejected therapy earlier in my life when i was offered it like the, the few times the school did force me to talk to somebody I, I just wouldn't talk to them like i i it's not like it happened overnight it was definitely like a gradual realizing that maybe it is worth seeking help because if you try other things and it doesn't work you might as well try all your choices Right, right. So what kind of got you to the point where, you know, you're on this podcast now, so you're you're pretty open about talking about your mental health. So what got you to the point of being comfortable with that? Um, I guess like once I really like, I don't know, I I, I just felt like once um, I had a good handle on my life and like everything got squared away. Once everything stopped being such a struggle and I've, I can just go and kind of like do my thing. It became a lot less about survival and more about just enjoying what I have. So I think ever since I've just had to stop struggling, it's been a lot easier to talk about it. It's not easy to talk about it when you're like still like living it day to day for sure. I think the best I ever felt was when I bought my house. And I was able to be the first person in my family to own like some piece of land 
and being able to like, I guess, overcome that fear of uh, not having some place to call my own. Um, and like the fact that like my dad like kicked me out of my house and stuff definitely had me down, down horrendous about that. So just that for sure, like made me feel like almost kind of like whole. So that, um, that was an important moment for me. That was just my two cents on that. So I guess to kind of wrap us up, you've definitely been through a lot and you've been able to persevere through it all. Is there any advice that you would offer, particularly a younger person who's in a situation right now where like they're experiencing mental health challenges or issues with their family or just really going through it? Like what kind of advice would you offer them? I, I would even add a caveat onto that and say a younger Hispanic person. Yeah, for sure. I think definitely like the best thing that I could say is that um, it does get like better. You've, you're going to need to make your own path and you're going to need to maybe leave your comfort zone and spread your wings, but it definitely does become better. Uh, people always told me that growing up, like when I was feeling bad or like I, I talk, I try to talk to somebody, they're like, you know, things get better. And that sounds like a very cliche thing. I always said, you know, it, it's not, it's just getting worse or like you are very caught up in the immediacy of the situation. But for me, like time has given me a lot more perspective, I guess, or just growing up, um, I felt like it was easier to handle. So I think just giving things time and not being afraid to leave your immediate situation and, and go somewhere else and meet new people to just keeping your mind open is, is definitely an important thing. Just broadening your horizons. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hector. Um, and thank you all for listening to us and listening to Hector's story. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, and or leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It truly helps us a lot. Next episode, we'll bring a new guest, a new experience, and a new story to tell. Stay safe, stay hydrated, and thank you for being here. Thank you.